0: Chico Life Radio 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is great to have you with us another Wednesday evening, reflecting into this towering and popular figure of Pope Francis. This Wednesday, Bob Cross uh, returns to the studio uh, studio after being away for a week. So, Bob, it is great to have you with me another Wednesday.
1: Good to be back, Joe. And, you know, after being you know out of touch for a week or so in the, the wilds of Wyoming with a family <laughs> reunion, it feels like, you know, getting caught up is... Takes a takes a lot, especially yeah. with our dynamic, you know, Holy Father. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, you know, last week, Bob, we kind of took your cue from the week before, because I don't know if you remember, but two weeks ago, on the tail end of our program, you quoted an article from one Father uh, Dwight Longenecker, the very popular priest, author, and uh, blogger. He wrote a blog titled, If the Pope Offends You... Uh, 10 Things to Remember. So uh, I pulled Chris Seibert into the studio, and we had a great conversation about some of these pieces, the first five. We didn't make it all the way through. And what I thought we could do tonight is really re-engage this blog post from a few weeks back, uh, looking at the second half, if you will. And so for our listening audience, that means that uh, we will probably return to the joy of the gospel next week with paragraphs uh, 71 and following. I have a hunch... Bob, that our short time together this evening will, will uh, encompass this blog. So with that, we kind of left off with uh, piece number five, point number five, Bob, where he was really reminding us, that is Father Dwight, that we are to remember the times that we live in, that essentially with modern social media, every conversation can become a global headline. This is a pope who loves people and relates to them well. Here's a pope who connects with all people, uh, just, not the, just not with the prelates, uh, but with the poor, uh, just not with those who might be involved with government, but with those in his own local community. I mean, he connects with everyone. The point that Father Dwight wanted to make is that in today's global social media, the pope says X, but the person hears Y. And reports Z. And he says, see, has that ever happened to you? I mean, how many times have we been frustrated, Bob, because you said something and it comes back to you maybe two, three, four weeks later and it's something totally different. Uh, And certainly this is what has happened uh, with the Pope. I mean, in many ways, and I noted this last week, this blog is a summary, Bob of what we have uh, been talking about for the first five months together. Have we not talked about how he says one thing, someone else hears this thing, and oh, oh, by the way, something he never said was, was reported in the New York Times or the Washington Post or whatever media outlet. We have to be present to this. We have to be aware of this, which really calls us out to, Go to the trusted resources. You've heard me talk about newadvent.org, the Catholic Agency News. There are certain outlets out there that are more trustworthy than other, others. zenit.org, Z-E-N-I-T.org. It is the official website uh, of the Vatican. So these are resources you
1: can trust. Well, and you know, this, this particular pope, as we've been discussing for the last five months, is so approachable, I mean, so personable, um, he will talk to anyone who comes up to him, and it's very, very easy for uh, him to be misquoted, quite honestly. And like you're saying, the interpretation many times takes the form of whatever someone really wants to hear mm-hmm. or who they're representing mm-hmm. and you know how to grab a headline and how to cater to a particular audience and try to create more buzz around what it is that you're trying to... I mean, breaking news is something that every uh, media person wants to try to do. And what better way to do it than to go to somebody who you know is going to speak to you very honestly, very straightforwardly, and very uh, easily. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's easy to see that happening. And I was reading an article today where, you know, um, Pope Francis's concerns are very much the same as Pope Benedict XVI, uh, Pope John Paul II. Um, and, and this article I read earlier today it was Pius XI and Leo XIII. But, you know, because of social media today and, and because of the world we live in, it sounds like it's different. It sounds like he has a different point of view. People want to call him progressive or some people want to say, oh, well, he's just, you know, he's very, very conservative. And so that's why it's it's fascinating, you know, each and every Wednesday night to really, you know, to take a look behind the curtain. Yes. You know, to see what he's all about.
0: Yes. And and I think that 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 phrase you just used, Bob, is so important. You know, what is behind the curtain? And I think that's an excellent point. I know you're drawing from... An article written by Archbishop Chaput, who was actually just in our neck of the woods. He is the Archbishop from Philadelphia, and uh, he he was in Napa. Uh, the Santa Rosa Diocese just a few hours away, and he was talking about uh, Pope Francis, and he was making the point that you were just making. And how important is that? I mean, if you think about it, think about Pope John Paul II, this very charismatic figure. We have noted Uh, on occasion how really he is the Pope of television because so many people were drawn to him through the television. Imagine if we had social uh, media with him. It was often said that he was a rock star. Certainly, you know, Pope Francis is on the cover of Rolling Stone, and some have said he's a rock star. Well, this is what you get when you have popular popes, okay? So I think that is a huge point, because in many ways, what Pope Francis is saying and doing is in lockstep with uh, Pope Benedict XVI, Pope John Paul II. You know, and I hear some people, wait, 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 that's not true. Yes, it is in the sense of him being, as he has said, a son of the church. He's not changing doctrine. He goes about it a different way. That is how he, he governs the church, right? But he's still a son of the church. He, he has his own sets of charisms. And this is widely important. And as we're talking about social media, this really leads us into uh, point number six here, Bob. And I'll go ahead and read this. This is Father Dwight. He says, media people love to write attention-grabbing headlines, and they know conflict sells. Now, we are here in a radio studio But if I can get an amen, (laughs) you know, Father Dwight's point, I think everyone agrees with. He goes on, people love to read the gossip. They love to read the scandal. They love to pick up on the negativities. If a sour person can put a negative and shocking headline on a story, he will. That's life. And, you know, Bob, on the heels of point number five, what are we supposed to be doing? just running with those headlines and with a megaphone letting the world know about what these headlines say or should we take a step back pick up the paper pick up the resources the websites that i've already noted and actually read what he actually said and then have an intelligent and coherent conversation about the man not what someone thinks about the man the catholic church and especially the pope is always going to be like a dartboard. I mean, there is no other figure like the Pope. And I've, I have been speaking with a great number of people, Bob, about this. It's just the Pope. I mean, it, it doesn't matter what media outlet it is. When when there's a conclave, when when there's an election of the Pope, it has the world's attention like nothing else. Not even the election of a presidency, Bob. The election of a pope is unique. It doesn't always come up every four years, right? Sometimes it's every 27 years, okay? So there's something about the way in which uh, the pope of the Catholic Church is going to, yeah, grab headlines. And the major media markets know this. And the more conflict there is, the more ratings uh, these media outlets are going to have.
1: Sure, you know and I mean? What what better way to, to, to raise an eyebrow... Or to grab somebody's attention for just a brief moment because our attention spans, especially in this country, are so so small, than to mention anything Catholic or anything that has to do with even Christianity, or especially like we're talking about the Pope, because um, there's just this um, again, this natural call to attention, it seems mm-hmm. like. And in our country the the sad point of what we're discussing as well, is that we don't take the time to really find out, you know, what the truth really is. And mm-hmm. you know, we're too busy in our daily lives to take, you know, to really read or to really understand, you know, what's behind what may have been quoted or misquoted, whatever the case may be.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Bob, I would offer up this reflection for our listeners. local, statewide, nationwide, and beyond, right? If you're listening in Portugal, Spain, Brazil, or Italy by way of a podcast, consider this reflection. Imagine if someone had said something negative about you, and it had become a major headline, and then suddenly people were talking about that headline, not what you actually said or what you actually did, Bob, but what was being reported. How would that make you feel? Simply, it's... It's the golden rule, is it not? (laughs) Love your neighbor as yourself. Would you want to be treated this way? You know, there's a reason why Pope Francis called out the sin of journalism, which is the greatest sin, is misinformation. We have to take stock in the importance of knowing what actually happened and what is actually going on. And there are trusted resources, certainly.
1: With that, let us jump to number
0: seven, Bob, and if uh, you've got that before you, if you can read number seven.
1: Yeah, number seven, Father Longacre says, remember that Francis is from Argentina. The church scene is very different from the atmosphere in the USA and Europe. And he surprises us in many ways. He surprises right-wing conservatives, American Catholics, with what seems to be left-leaning economic positions. He surprises liberal Catholics with his emphasis on the devil and the battle against demons. Constantly surprising everybody yeah. on each end of the spectrum. Yeah. And the thing that I've noted is that he really you know, get to know and look at some of his his writing, he's classically Catholic.
0: Of course. And we noted
1: a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. I mean, he is in lockstep, and you've said it before in this program, with Pope Benedict Sixteenth, who is called the mind of the Church, and of course, John Paul II, St. John Paul II, yeah. who, uh, you know, again, had that rock star-like status.
0: And I think the point, too, that he's making here is, if he's rubbing you the wrong way, if you find that the heat that is underneath your feet is because of the friction that is being caused by uh, some of the things that he is saying. Well, that's not the worst thing if he's not saying anything that's, you know, going against truth, which he hasn't, right? Maybe, just maybe, if he does rub you the wrong way, and as this blog was posted, (laughs) 10 things to remember if Pope Francis annoys you, he is a gift to you. We have to be challenged. We have to get out of our comfort zone, Bob, because if we get too comfortable, if we're not challenged, then how are we going to be the best version of who God calls us to be and rise up to the challenges that God calls us to? And is this not what Jesus did? His old apostles, hey, Jesus, don't you understand that that is the house of a sinner? What are you doing? Jesus, why are you going over there? (gasps) Nah, nah, that woman committed adultery. Don't touch her, don't touch her, don't touch her. You know, what's going on? He he challenges the establishment. Not in a way where, you know, Pope Francis is is negotiating the key aspects of, of our faith and truth. No, I think, Bob, and we can never emphasize this enough. When push comes to shove, he rubs us the wrong way. Not because of what he says all the time but because of what he does. And what he does is love the poor. We have to allow the gift that is Pope Francis to, (coughs) excuse me, affect change within us. If you're challenged, that's not a bad thing. Hey, I'll be the first one to say, he has challenged me in my faith in more than one way. And sometimes I've been like, dang, did you just say that? I, I've, I've listened to my own conscience and my, and my own um, advice, and I've gone to make sure that he said what he said, and, or he didn't say what's being reported. But really, when it's all said and done, it's his life. It's his love for the poor. It's his emphasis on the poor that challenges me. And we have to allow that challenge to, to really uh, take root.
1: Isn't it interesting that in this country, everything is liberal, or conservative. It seems like the battle lines are drawn and it is out there on every single point. Yeah. And so that's what everybody wants to draw him into. And he's from Argentina. Yeah. as says it's stated in this particular point and he's he's a catholic um, socially concerned, you know, father mm-hmm. who is worried about his children, yeah. the poor. He's not worried about being liberal or conservative and he probably would be surprised to hear what he would say if, if somebody asked him, you know, yeah. was Jesus a conservative? Or a liberal. Yeah. And he would just look at you like, what kind of question is that, I'm sure. Neither,
0: of course, because ultimately, and this is the point we made last week, it's always about bearing witness to the fullness of truth. And I, I think Archbishop Chaput has an excellent,
1: excellent point. He does. Let me read from, you know, this uh, the summary from, again, this, this uh, NAPA. A conference that he was at. He says, the Holy Father knows poverty and violence. He knows the plague of corrupt politics and oppressive governments. He has seen the cruelty of human trafficking and the other forms of exploitation. He has seen elites who rig the political system in their favor and keep the poor in poverty. When we Americans think about economics, we think in terms of efficiency and production. When Francis thinks about economics, he thinks in terms of human suffering. We're blessed to live in a rich, free, stable country. We can't always see what Francis sees. I think it'd be a mistake describing as a liberal, much less a Marxist. As as Bishop Sherpoux said, I told the Italian newspaper La Stampa in an interview some weeks ago, words like liberal and conservative don't describe Catholic belief. They divide what shouldn't be divided. We should love the poor and love the unborn child. Service to the oppressed and service to the family. Defense of the weak and defense of the unborn child. Belief in the value of business and belief in restraints on predatory business practices. All these things spring from the same Catholic commitment to human dignity. There's nothing progressive or there's nothing progressive about killing an unborn child or allowing it to happen. And there's nothing conservative about ignoring the cries of the poor. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think what's so important there is <laughs> he comes from Argentina again. I think we said it in like our opening weeks, Bob. Argentina is one of the worst totalitarian regimes in the world. He was going toe to toe as Cardinal Bergoglio with the president of Argentina. Have we forgotten that? I think some of our listeners may have, Bob. I myself have at times. It's like, okay, no, this is a man who gets it. He understands it. You know, I was talking with someone a week ago, and they were concerned about how informed he is on practical matters. He's so much more informed than we are. I mean, come on. We have to realize that this guy isn't... uh, You know, I'm 39 years old. I mean, this guy isn't 39... He's what, 70... What is he now? 78? Is he 70? I think he's 78. I I mean, he's lived quite a life, and he has... A lot of experience. And a lot of that experience is what Archbishop Chaput was just talking about. And it's really, really important for us to remember that, um, especially when we start to box him in. You know, I know there's, there's a lot of people who um, struggle with these ten points, Bob. My point is, if <laughs> I think we all do, to some extent, have our own struggles, and maybe, you know, some of us struggled with Pope Benedict XVI and, and you know, St. John Paul II, we have to trust in God that the Holy Spirit has elected these men. And I'll tell you what, I'm very, very confident he has, of course, in John Paul II and St. John the well, Oh, He's elected them all. All right, so point number eight. Um, and I love this point. <laughs> A point that I think Pope Francis himself would very much enjoy. Remember that you don't have to pay serious attention to every single word that falls from the mouth of the Pope. <laughs> okay? You know, he, let him be who he is. And you want to know what? If he makes gaffes, right, and he's misreported, we have to be able to let some of this go. You know, don't worry about the Pope. And he's not saying don't worry about the Pope as in don't pray for the Pope. No. He's saying <laughs> pray for the Pope. But remember that he's also a human being has, who has his own likes and dislikes. yes. We all know that he is a town clock. That's what I was more or less talking about earlier, Bob. But what did he say? I want everyone, this is Pope Francis, I want everyone to know that I like to take naps. (laughs) You know, it's like, what's your point, Pope Francis? His point is, I'm human. Let me be human. You know, remember, remember, if the Pope is the vicar of Christ, right? Jesus Christ was fully divine, he's fully human did jesus take naps of course he did
1: you know i mean hey, we know about his predecessor saint peter he took a few naps yeah. when jesus <laughs> asked him to stay awake. that's
0: right that's <laughs> right amen to that you know amen. that and many have said pope francis um reminds us of saint peter because okay so he sticks his foot in his mouth from time to time and he's the first one to say pope francis that is is the first one to say i have misspoken not on matters of doctrine and faith, you know? Um, And he's been very benign. He's been very congenial, uh, Bob, when it comes to if he feels like he's offended uh, someone for some reason, he's invited them to uh, the Vatican. And that's another aspect uh, that we we also have to appreciate.
1: Yeah, and, you know, with all that being said, I'm I'm just amazed each and every week as we do a little bit of prep and as we break... Opens some of uh, you know, his, uh, the news stories or some of the things that have gone on, how consistent he is when it comes to matters of faith. Sure, there's some gaps occasionally or some misquotes, but that's only because, again, he is human and he d- is so accessible. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the consistency, um, and it's, it's, it's startling in which he addresses things as it relates to socialist issues or, or classical Catholic or Christian ideals Never ever wavers, it really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's 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 like I said, just blows me away to some degree that he has the ability to be able to be that consistent. So you know that this is what he and who he really is mm-hmm. when you look at everything that he actually says.
0: Yeah, amen. Yeah, so with uh, the remaining, uh, let's see, we have about four minutes left here, Bob. I guess points nine and ten, we can more or less just bring these uh together. Uh, And number nine really is, hey, not everything or everyone will be to your taste, right? (laughs) We are not, I mean, we all have our favorite actors. We all have our favorite uh, players. Um, And to some extent, um, certain popes in their charisms, uh, we might be more drawn to, Bob, because they might be more like us, okay? And so we might not be thinking about it this way, but Maybe uh, maybe we, we are an actor, or maybe we are a, a musician, and so we might be more drawn to a John Paul II or a Pope Benedict. Maybe we are a philosopher and a theologian, so we're drawn to those two as well. Um, but maybe we're not. Maybe we're someone else. Maybe we beat to a different drum, drum a little bit, and we are drawn to Pope Francis. You know, I mean, we have to appreciate the uniqueness that is... The Catholic Church, remember what the word Catholic means, cataholique, universal. The Catholic Church is the universal family. Universal. The fact that we have a Pope from Argentina in of itself is very significant, Bob. Cardinal Bogolio, when he left Argentina to Rome, I'm sure was not thinking that he was not going to return to Argentina, okay? By his very election, we are reminded that we are a universal family, and we have to appreciate that dynamism for what it is and how God works in that. I mean, how many people, Bob, how many people are coming to the Catholic Church because of Pope Francis? I was just reading some statistics recently. Ooh, it is alarming, alarming. Just not the people who are uh, returning to the Catholic Church, but people who are considering the Catholic Church because of who Pope Francis is, okay? So while he might be rubbing some of us the wrong way, whatever that is, okay, is the very thing that is inviting so many people in. And it's not his liberal tendencies, which many people may think. It's something much deeper, that in many, many ways, he is in persona Christi in his very life. So all very important. And this last point, Bob, you know, he says, hey, where else are you going to go? You know, are you going to become an atheist? Are you going to uh, delve into some Eastern spirituality? Get more involved in spreading the gospel with joy. What have we been talking about? The joy of the gospel, right, Bob? So stop worrying about the Pope and start spreading the good news. Trust me, God knows what he's doing. He was here long before we were, Bob. He knows what he's doing. So we need to roll up our sleeves, get busy in serving the poor, building up our parishes, building up our parishes. I know uh, amazingparish.org, I believe, has been in the news. I mean, have you, do we know about that? If you are Catholic or non-Catholic, it's actually a great uh, way to build up your church. Amazingparish.org. How to bring people, uh, uh, how to bring people home. How to bring people uh, to the faith. And how to encourage people to keep the faith. Amazingparish.org. Share your faith and be a Christian and Catholic that is alive. You know, we talk about joy, Bob. You know, someone was making the comment the other day, someone was was giving a talk and they were saying, you know, you say you're so full of joy. Well, tell your face that because I don't see it. You know, are we grumbling all the time? Let us embrace our faith for what it is and understand that God knows what he's doing. We are all but out of time here, Bob. Great program. Good to have you back. Um, This is some lively discussion, and we will return to the joy of the gospel next, next week. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen, and God bless you.
1: Thanks for listening to Seeds of Truth heard every evening, Monday through Friday at 6.30pm. If you'd like to hear this program or find out how you can help support Seeds of Truth, the website is joeholcraft.org.